Good evening, everyone. Welcome to TRH, the Reconnection Hour by Mr. Perfect. Sorry for the slight delay. I was having a couple of tech issues with my camera. Um, if it goes a little bit slow or doesn't work, just uh, put in the comments and I'll see if I can change it. But um, you're obviously aware of what Mr. Perfect is. Most of you watching, we bring men together at barbecues, not right now, but um, usually to create communities and connection for the betterment of mental health and um, to stop isolation for men as well. What is TRH? Well, we decided some time ago that we need to serve our sort of online community a bit more uh, and give you some value and that we are not mental health professionals in any sense of the word. And a big part of what we do on TRH is chat to health professionals, mainly mental health professionals, psychologists, GPs, psychiatrists, psychiatry doctors, you name it. And um, yeah, so tonight we've got one coming on, which is incredible. But first I'll give you little bit of an update of the week that has been for me and Mr. Perfect. We um, had a good uh, chat with the guys at the AMHF, Australian Men's Health Forum, who've been a big supporter of us. For anyone who doesn't know who they are, they basically are our representative of all men's health groups in Australia. Um, you name it, small and large ones, uh, mainly not-for-profits, charities, some um, enterprises as well, but they do some incredible work in showcasing what everyone does. And at the moment, because their men's health gathering was cancelled, it was supposed to be in Melbourne in May, they have gone full gung-ho on bringing together everyone online. So I've got to chat with a lot of other people in space, which has been incredible. So I had an online webinar with them today, which basically summarised a survey they did to what has changed with COVID, how have you adapted to online? And the general summary was quite... Uh, it was quite positive um, definitely that a lot of people just had to overnight change their services or some unfortunately had to shut up shop for a while before they could get online and offer some services others have found it really hard to get that same connection with their um, with their groups and if they're doing more formal training education even harder we're very lucky that ours is we don't really do any education as such it's it's very non-clinical and uh, more about connection so really good input from that. We'll be doing an online men's health event soon, so I'll let you guys know when that is. So I might be speaking at that, which would be incredible. Um, tomorrow I'm going on the Blokes Psychology podcast or a live stream. Um, Carl Nelms, who's a psychologist who runs that in Melbourne, he came on a couple of weeks ago on TRH, great guy, uh, one of our best chats, and I'm gonna go on that, so I'll let you know when that goes live. Uh, we're gonna do a T-shirt giveaway at the end of the week, I know a couple of weeks ago, I um, put it out there that we were uh, going to give away a few of them. I've got a ton in the background here that are taking up space. So I'm going to announce that. And um, also something I was going to mention, one of our barbecue hosts, Jimmy, Jimmy Hayes, who does our Coogee Barbecue, uh, he is also he's been coming to a lot of our online barbecues as well on Sundays, which has been great. He mentioned that he is part of a charity or a movement, I guess, that started up called Feed Our Medics, which is quite relevant right now, and that is basically raising money for uh, to on twofold, really, to make sure the cafes stay in business, and the money that they're raising is going to them to provide meals to hospitals across Sydney for our health workers that are doing ridiculous hours and putting themselves in a lot of danger and risk. So love to give that a shout out feed our medics if you just type that into facebook you will come across it but i'll send the link later as well so it's a nice segue into tonight because um our guest is dr kieran kennedy 
He is a psychiatry doctor, mental health and mental health advocate. He's a fitness nut, writer, uh, speaker for TV and print media. Um, I've had a sort of chat online with him previously and he also did a, a great blog for us um, in our Doctor Perfect series as well. So I'm going to bring in um, Kieran right now. Thanks so much for having me, man. Welcome. How are you? Good, good. I'm very good. I was going to say, I um, I appreciate that segue in from the feed our medics. I, I'm looking a bit tired and like I need a bit of feeding. So, so that's much appreciated. So tell us about your day. Let's go really yeah. right. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a good, good call. Um, the typical day at the moment at the hospital is not so typical. Um, so it was another busy day. Um, and my day job at the moment is um, a bit of a mixture of management type stuff at the moment in terms of um, I'm helping the, the psychiatry department at the hospital I work at um, look at how we're sort of streaming our services and um, rostering our doctors and, and things at the moment um, in terms of how things have hit with COVID-19. Um, so I did a bit of that today, a few a few Microsoft Teams meetings that I'm still trying to work out how to use that thing. Um, and then at the moment, I'm also working in a service where I see patients on the medical and surgical wards at the hospital who are also struggling with some aspect of their mental health, um, okay. which is my passion kind of area is that um, gray zone, if, if you yeah. would call it that, between physical health and mental health. So seeing people that maybe because of epilepsy or brain tumors or because mm. they've gotten a really nasty infection, um, they've, they've had their mental health um, affected by those things. So... That's incredible. I, I didn't think, you know, having w working in healthcare for the last decade and knowing mm. a fair bit about mental health, how it works, and I never thought of that, the bit in between. Like, I just yeah. assumed, okay, here's the mental health department, here's psychiatry, mm -hmm. and this is very kind of separate and that doesn't apply to anyone else in the hospital. So that's quite yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah, no, so the, the kind of the area that I, I guess I'm sub-specialising in in my psychiatry work um, is, is that, is that mm -hmm. area, that in-between area where, yeah, mental health is overlapping into physical health and physical mm -hmm. health is overlapping into mental health. So it's, um, it's a challenging area, but it's yeah. um, really, really fascinating and rewarding. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, so it's been a busy day, but a, a very good day. So. <laughs> Good. Well, I'll make sure Jimmy knows. Uh, well, I'll get your where you work afterwards, and you can. Uh, we'll make sure feed our medics get to your hospital. <laughs> yeah. Send us some food while we're running around in there. <laughs> oh, well, they look really good, actually. I saw some of the posts and stuff they were sending, so I'll make sure I do that. Um, yeah. So tell us a bit. Go back a little bit, I guess. Tell us about um, yeah, a little bit about your background, upbringing, and um, I guess what led you into uh, becoming a doctor and then psychiatry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess I, so I'm originally from New Zealand. Um, yeah. You can probably pick up from the accent <laughs> to the listening. Um, so I grew up in sort of a, a rural town in New Zealand um, and did all my sort of school and things there. Grew up on a farm initially. Uh, so I, I think always really liked um, really liked animals and nature to start with. So initially thought that I might want to be a vet for a long time. Um, so I think I was always interested in helping 
other people or, or animals in some form. Yeah. And then as I went through um, sort of college and, and high school, um, sort of realised that I, I really liked to kind of to talk and connecting with people. Um, so I thought that I would shoot for medicine. Um, did a psychology degree first uh, and sort of stumbled into that from a random sort of first psychology class and just absolutely fell in love with it and was fascinated by it. Um, so did a, a full degree in, in psychology and then went into medical school from there. Um, and and the rest is kind of history, I guess. I've, I've sort of uh, worked my way through that um Lemon mountain of uh, <laughs> mountain of years that it is to go through medical school, and then yeah. you pop out as an intern where you sort of do your initial rotations in surgery and medicine, and I did a bit of plastic surgery and emergency medicine, um, but always knew that mental health and psychiatry was was what I was made for. Um, mm. So I started my specialist training. Um, to become a psychiatrist and uh, fingers crossed all going ahead will be done with that by the end of the year so amazing we've, we're very nearly at the end um, of of that sort of specialist training journey yeah. so uh, yeah um, and how did you um, when, when did you come to Australia or why did you choose to come so I've been here for about two and a half years now. So so not too long in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, it's um, nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's gone. It's gone very fast. I can tell you that. Um, and moved to Melbourne, and um, really, I guess I, I moved here because towards the end of of our psychiatry training, you can choose a, a sort of a sub specialist area um, to, I guess. Uh, specialize in really uh, and that that sort of physical health mental health interface was what I'd always been fascinated by um, you know I'm really uh, incredibly sort of interested in, in the brain sort of the neurology side of things and how that interacts with mental health um, and so Melbourne was sort of the place to be for that in mm. terms of that training and finishing off my specialist training so decided to jump the ditch and um yeah. and sort of finish off my training here so it's been yeah it's been awesome um excellent I, I won't sort of say it too loudly for my kiwi my kiwi family and everything back home but i'm a, i'm a little bit of a melbourne convert at the moment so <laughs> i i love it here and and you know the hospital that i work at is fantastic and stuff so it's yeah it's, it's been great well i heard today that um Melbournians, I think they say that they're mm -hmm. uh, they're doing better than us Sydney siders at um, isolating. Oh, okay. <laughs> and not, yeah, it didn't <laughs> surprise me because I've, I've yeah. when I've got out for a walk or come back, I've done pretty good to stay inside most of the time. But when I've got yeah. out to do my exercise, or I've seen some areas around me where I, well, I think people just still think it's the same, like it's the same thing going on, and yeah. people, I don't know, it's a strange <laughs> one. Really? Is it is yeah, it the weather you think? I, I like I wonder if we're used to uh maybe it's been incredible right yeah. here in Melbourne. We're yeah. used to it being cold and uh <laughs> not well, being able seen, to go to the beach. I had the same discussion in our online barbecue with um with some of the guys on Sunday because we had to revert everything to online. Yeah. And one of the guys said he's he's getting really frustrated. He said, I've never seen so many bloody people, dogs and like going out for these walks. And we were just yeah. talking about the irony of Previously, yeah. I saw a meme the other day about you know people inside 
um, <laughs> a family sitting around on their iPads like pre-COVID. Then after yeah. COVID, everyone's out. He sees like 50 dogs on his walking tour. And I, I guess we were talking about it's actually quite nice, the connection of yeah, yeah. people are talking when they're out from yes. a safe distance, but even my neighbours and people around. They are connecting well, which is good, yeah. I, I guess, and, you know. And I agree with that. And I guess, um, you know, I'll get on my doctor's soapbox a little bit, of course, and be like, well, of course, we need to be social distancing and, and avoiding going out if we can help it. Um, mm. But I've noticed that too. Um, you know, even even in the apartment block that I live in, the other night mm. I heard, you know, a couple of neighbours like talking long distance to each other from their balconies and i've never yeah. heard that before yeah you know so i think just the fact that we're all collectively going through this you know incredibly stressful sort of crisis mm. period um is, is like you say sort of driving connection in some ways which is really really interesting and the patients you're i guess you're dealing with at the moment or if you are seeing some how are they mm. coping is there any particular did you see any major difference or does it really matter because they were going to be in hospital or what do you, what's the kind of yeah. general uh, vibe? No, I think, I mean, across the week, my job is sort of that inpatient work with patients that are admitted to the medical hospital, but, mm. but also I'm still doing some outpatient clinics. Um, and obviously that's all gone online now via telehealth, which is interesting, I think, yes. especially in psychiatry, trying to connect with someone through a screen rather yes. than in person. Um, but no, so I'm still seeing people that are that are at home or outside of the hospital. And, and I think in general, you know, those of us who have, you know, I guess been lucky enough not to struggle with our mental health are feeling the stress and the anxiety of what's happening. And, and I think a lot of people that, that may have already been feeling in a bit of a tight spot with mm. their mental health. Um, a lot of people I've talked to, it has been a really difficult period because mm. all this change and the anxiety and worry around COVID, um, you know, that can be pretty unsettling from the mental health mm. side of things. So, yeah, people have been um, quite anxious about what's going on, understandably, and and it's, you know, for all of us, it's, it's really sort of, it's brought about massive change in our everyday lives and routines, hasn't it? So it's yeah. Yeah, it's quite and it's complex. It's complex yeah. because me, uh, I know I I really worried when this first came about, and I was thinking, how am I going to cope? Like my mm. anxiety at times not great. And I thought, is this mm. going to trigger something? Is this going to? Yeah. But thankfully, in touch with it, it's been. Um, I've found it. I've been been able to be fairly productive and just focus awesome. on the things that I thought just yeah. before it happened I felt like I wasn't being present enough in certain situations and mm. I had a lot going on and not all commitments so mm. and now I'm finding actually I'm a lot more we talked about optimism a lot in our, in our community page awesome. recently yeah it's actually forced me I wasn't putting it on I think people thought someone said to me <laughs> in one of the videos it was like first thing in the morning and I was talking about optimism I definitely felt optimistic but it didn't look like that yeah, yeah. I'm very clear I said at the moment i'm feeling optimistic that it's going to bring yeah. a lot of people together however yeah. it's very easy for me to say that when it hasn't affected my job too much it will do mm. soon maybe but not too much i have a roof mm. in my head i have yeah. a family i have the things i need so it's really sensitive and complex to be too telling mm. people and i've seen this all over social media you know this is the time to like get stuff done and be you know whatever yeah. I mean, i've seen i know when i was too, in yeah. my bad states Yep. Literally, someone brushing my teeth 
would be you know uh -huh. now do that when you haven't got job skates or yeah. this is yeah that can't be yeah it can't be good amen and i think mm. that's something that i have talked to people a little bit about as well because you're right i think with everything that's happening and and you know kind of this all this hashtag isolation hashtag stay at home kind of stuff which is which is what we need to be doing you know from a yeah. keeping ourselves and our neighbors and everyone safe in terms of covid um but there has been a bit of that pressure sort of online and on social media hasn't there that sort of that mm. okay well if you're at home and you're not you know learning to become a painter like van gogh or yes. you know like getting ripped from working out at home yeah. you know if you're if you're not using this time productively then then you're wasting it kind of thing yeah. um and i think what we really don't need right now is the added pressure of that um you know i think when collectively as a country and then as communities and as families and as individuals we're going through a very sort of stressful um really unprecedented time that none of us have ever had to go through before mm. you know it, it's actually okay to just have that as enough right now yeah. i think you yeah. know just just keeping ourselves well and um coping with everything that's going on around us right now is is enough and mm. so people i don't think should be feeling pressured to be you know incredibly productive or you know, yeah. doing all this stuff while they're at home if they feel that that just kind of um getting through this period and and sort of staying on top of things mentally and physically is what they need to be doing that's more than enough like that's 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 the ultimate job in itself um in my books so mm. yeah it's interesting um, how that that's come about hasn't it yeah it's really difficult because i listen to lot of podcasts about and rap all sorts of things so healthcare is one obviously one of the big ones i listen to mm. health technology um mental health of course and then i also listen to i go through bursts of listening to a lot of stuff about um you know motivators and yeah. silicon valley startup stuff because yeah. i'm just intrigued by the whole psychology yes, of that yeah. world right so it's yeah. buzz but the reality of it is very different right so i listen to some people saying like like to gary vaynerchuk and people like gary v mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I really get what some of you saying, but other times it's almost a celebration of now, like saying this is brilliant, like we should be just doing this now, and that is a little yes. bit too far for me. It made me feel a bit uncomfortable, and I just thought, yeah. I don't know, like we we get through this now. Like for me, it's a bit of a blur. So at the moment, it's kind of mm. I don't feel uncomfortable right now. I'm sure yeah. in a month when maybe this sets in a bit more and yeah things do change and start to squeeze a little or yep. you know it's going to take a long time for things to get to normal again but 100%. Um, I, I do worry about other people i worry about other people currently not getting or getting mental health care or mm, not yep. getting enough of it also yep. and i guess i was going to yep. ask a question was um one of the questions i wanted to ask with your current patients or or ones you've had mm. previously actually mm. how do you find they best connect to you to open up or yeah how what, what what is what what's a good way how do they respond to you or yeah how do they yeah. connect well to you or some instances or examples yeah well i mean i think and i guess i mean this is like i really love what you guys are doing and and mm. it's so um you know really humbling to get the invite to come and chat with you tonight um 
because obviously there's a focus on men's health um, and men's mental health um, yeah. with you guys and what you do and that's something that I'm really passionate about and and have always been quite driven to to I guess connect with in my work um, you know and 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 I think for me uh, I mean you mentioned very kindly um, in that little intro at the start a, a few of the different things that I do and yeah. and I guess for me one of the ways that I've particularly felt that I've kind of connected particularly with men who are struggling with mental health and why that's kind of an interest area for me is because um, I think I do have a lot of different things that I'm sort of involved with and passionate about mm. uh, alongside my medical sort of career and, and, and psychiatry work and I think I think using some of those things sometimes as as openers to connection yes. um, is, is a good way that I've found um, to kind of just spark that sense of, of connection with patients and and sort of helping, especially men who are coming for mental health struggles, helping them to sort of relax into it a bit because, you know, I think for, for everyone, men and women, but especially men, it, it can actually be really hard to open up and connect to a, a healthcare professional about mental health. Yeah. Um, and I think that is because there still are, you know, there's a lot of stigma flying around with mental health for men and women, but I think particularly for men, a, a lot of that stigma kind of aligns quite well with some of those sort of those stereotypes of what it means to be a man, you know, in yes. terms of opening up about mental health, talking about our feelings, connecting with someone, especially a stranger, for example, if they're yeah. coming to see me in a clinic about those things, it, it's all pretty threatening in some ways um, mm. and so I think for me one of the ways I've found that that I can really sort of help diffuse that and connect with people is is at least starting that connection by just kind of I guess showing a little bit more of a human side to me maybe um, mm. and uh, I mean part of the reason I've come into doing a bit of writing and speaking work was was initially because of some of the things that I was doing in fitness um, so yeah. I've done quite a bit of fitness stuff and I haven't for a little while now but was kind of right into competitive bodybuilding for a while and, Amazing. and, and yeah. have done sort of all that side of things which I think people find quite out of the box <laughs> for a, a doctor working in psychiatry they're kind of like yeah. <laughs> um, and that was really interesting because that was th that was a way that I first started seeing this connection with a lot of kind of particularly younger guys that were wanting to talk about their mental health and wanting mm. to open up about some of this stuff. Um, so I would have people at the gym or at bodybuilding shows or fitness yeah. events coming up to me and saying, Oh, I, you know, it would always be a bit of a whisper to start with, you know, as if it was some kind of secret. Of um, oh, I hear you're a, I hear you're a doctor that does mental health stuff. Is that true? <laughs> um, and then I'd say, well, yes. And and then we'd get into this conversation. You know, they'd yeah. say, oh, I'm worried about my girlfriend, or I've been experiencing this for the last couple of months. Do you think that could be anxiety? Um, and then on the flip side, in my medical work as well, you know, if I was seeing men or, or, or people in clinic, um, you know, we might initially start talking about something to do with physical health or fitness or running sure. or the gym. And, and I think, yeah, I don't know, I think um, that 
has been a really interesting way that that especially men struggling with mental health kind of um sort of things have have i think sort of felt that there's a little bit of a of a connection there outside of the hospital um and that and that kind of opens up a bit of a door for us both to feel i guess like we're maybe on a little bit of equal ground or you know Mm. there's not that Mm. kind of doctor patient sort of thing Um, and i think for all, all across medicine, I think that's the key to, to sort of connection between patients and doctors is kind of getting rid of any of that sense of I'm the patient, he's the doctor or, yeah. um, you know, because at the end of the day, you're, you're two humans just kind of coming together to connect about some really complex, tricky stuff. And yeah. um, the key with mental health is actually just getting it out there and getting mm-hmm. it off your chest to start with. So... Yeah, I was going to yeah. ask you, that's what was going to be, obviously knowing that um, you're into fitness and well, was quite heavily as well. Now I know <laughs> the yeah. body is incredible. <laughs> yeah. I know that. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. I knew you were in good shape, but wow, that's amazing. Um, <laughs> so for that for me is going to be my question because we've had a couple of guests on now um, who do, uh, for example, two weeks ago, a guy who runs this thing called Munkles Men, Tim, uh, he also mm. plays for my football team. He uses exercise and fitness and yep. those sort of events to bring everyone together. And we basically both, yeah. we all agreed that although the science is there to say, yes, exercise is good for your mental health, it's not going to yep. cure like sudden serious mental illness. We, were, we yeah. weren't suggesting that, but we were saying if that's something that brings people together, yep. that's amazing. That's just a vehicle. Like it doesn't matter what it is. For us, it's the barbecue. Yeah. Someone might be running for uh, someone might be football. Yep. It just so happens, and I don't want to you know, push it too much with our group because not everyone's into sport and fitness and mm. whatever. Fitness to them could be walking. Like, I love walking at the moment. Proper Definitely. old man about it. Like I, I'm yeah. not, my body's not in great shape at the moment. That's <laughs> terrible. So I'm yeah. just walking a lot. And I love yeah. it. And that's great for me. And I went out unplanned with my wife at lunch break when we wanted to get out, you know, because of what's awesome. going on at the moment. And I come back and I go, wow, yeah, that half an hour walk, that feels incredible. So, I guess that's what I was leading in to say. You've obviously found fitness as a um, mm. exercise, whatever, like a, however we sort mm-hmm. of label it, as a great connector. Um, yes. Do you, when you talk to uh, patients or I guess anyone really, how mm. do, do you broach that with them? Is that a question you ask them? Do you say, like, do you exercise or have you tried? You know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I really commonly do. And and mm. obviously that's something that's close to my kind of heart personally as well. Definitely. But I mean, as you touched on, um, the really fascinating thing about this mind-body interface is that kind of our, our clinical and academic knowledge about how that works has really kind of come forward leaps and bounds, especially in the last sort of 10 years or so. Um and so, as you say, if someone is if someone is really, really in a tight spot, um, you know, no one, including me, is going to say, "Okay, just go for a walk around the yeah. block, and that's going to fix things." Like, of yeah. course not. Um, but you know, but if someone is is in a space where they can be doing that, and you're right, even just a walk, there's there's clinical evidence there that you know it doesn't have to be bench pressing in a gym or running half marathons every day. Um, it can be sort of as little as a as a regular walk or some form of light physical activity. 
those things can can kind of be a significant addition to that foundation of our mental health mm. and at the lower level end of things particularly with depression and anxiety the the clinical evidence and the research for for how exercise and physical activity can positively impact our mental health is is pretty staggering um yes you know when it comes to mild depression and anxiety studies actually show that a, that a regular exercise routine can be as effective as an antidepressant in some cases yeah. for mild depression um which is just really fascinating and um you know so talking to patients about that is something i definitely do um and right. especially for depression and anxiety um i mean and as you kind of brought brought in there the, the yeah. hard thing is that i get that as a mental health doctor i get that if yeah. you're anxious or depressed someone saying hey you know get up and go for a walk or go for a run that is far easier said than done a lot of the time yeah. um and, and so i'm really careful there as well to say that you know this isn't an added pressure of you need to be getting up and going to the gym if your mental yeah. health isn't in that space but you know working towards things and kind of increasing that physical activity gradually can have a really big impact so i might work with people in clinic to say you know if they're in a pretty tight spot um, we might work out a plan to just walk down to the letterbox and get the mail three yeah. times a week mm -hmm. you know and and that amount of physical activity compared to nothing is is at least a step along the way mm. and 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 that can start some some sort of some forward movement to, to help with mood and anxiety so definitely yeah that's a nice bridge and as a bridge i'm thinking about it as you're saying it with some of the groups i know in men's health at the moment um and some that i've spoke to recently i've kind of mapped them out and mm. ones that are non-clinical and there's ones there's, there's one called the man walk where literally it's set up like ours it's almost like a mirrored story like 90 percent yeah. is the same set one thing up because one guy went gonna go for a walk with my mate early on a friday morning it's the beach because mm -hmm. he's struggling and they walked and ended up walking you know, 10 k's or something chatting away wow. yeah and then they have a coffee afterwards and whatever you know they went really early and uh they yeah. both went on the street call and then you know they put a little advert out for people to come along and then yeah. next thing you know they got 10 in their group and it grew and then now they have i think they have something ridiculous like 60 or 70 locations Wow. And these are guys of all shapes and sizes, you know, Amazing. older guys, younger guys, guys who admittedly say, I've let myself go like too many beers over the years and, yeah. you know, bad and whatnot. And then now they're in that state where there might, something has occurred in their life that then is an extra. Mm. Yeah. And they swear by it. Like it's not, yeah. it, it doesn't have to be, they're not sprinting, they're not doing, no. like you said, stresses, no. but yeah. they're going for a bloody long walk. And in that yeah. time, they're talking. There's not that yeah. direct eye practice not to walk. 100%. And it, in the community with friend, people who, friend, they'll make friends out of it, like people yeah. who have similar things. Yeah. Um, I like the, way, like the incremental thing about it. Anything, anything is good, right? Uh, definitely and and i think that's what you know and and obviously all of this discussion you know is is not just limited to men you know like all course, of these of things course. obviously translate yeah. to women as well but but you know I, I really think for for a lot of guys um physical activity and exercise and sport is is kind of the way that that kind of we've been brought up to connect in a way mm -hmm. you know and and that for a lot of men is, is i think a bit of a 
can be a bit of a sacred space or a safe space in terms of like say if you're doing something physical um with a mate you know like it's not uncommon that you you know you'll be doing something like a walk or a run and that's when you'll be connecting and like talking about some of the stresses going on at work and things like that um and so I think particularly when it comes to some of that mental health stigma for men and, and difficulty opening up, I think kind of adding that physical element um, to it can, can just kind of help help that flow a little bit bit more. Um, and as you say, it's, it's, it's kind of the, the connection and the social contact there as well, mm. which is why, you know, the barbecues for you guys and, and the walks there is that example. You know, one of the big things from it um and from exercise in general is the social connection we get to it because you know even at the gym you know if if, um if guys are uh, sort of more the gym rat type like like me you know it's it's often depending on how you like to work out can be a bit of a social place you know you're, you're seeing people there and having a chat with them or you know getting someone to spot you and things like that so it's um it's it's that social connection too isn't it there's an excellent, um, I'll pull it up on the screen now. Um, Peter commented about being so busy with work. Well, I, I totally relate to this being so mm. busy with work that causes the stress and the anxiety. Yeah. So then the thought of actually getting out for even half an hour, like for me, I make excuses in my head for that as well. And he says, Yeah, you can't get over it if he uses it for a run. It's yeah. his time to work. <laughs> so it's uh, my question yep. to you is going to be based on that how do you get the motivation or how do you suggest people get that motivation to at least get out for that? I'm not talking about people yeah. who mental, you know, with mental illness, maybe in a state where it's just that they know it will be good for them. But yeah. And they want to get into it. Yeah. Like yeah. How do you get and the motivation just... and how do you think others should? Mm. Yeah. I mean, oh flip it's it's hard and some weeks Mm. some weeks i'm terrible with it in terms of like it's it's not always perfect that's for sure um because you know obviously work with the hospital and everything else sometimes that just takes over um but but i guess i mean it was during medical school that i first really started getting into exercise and fitness and stuff at the gym Mm. and and I really started to get into it and fall in love with it because for me, it, it was something that I noticed for my mental health and my mm. stress levels and my sleep and everything was just a game changer. Yeah. Um, so I kind of recognized that for me, prioritizing that is is really, really helpful. But, but yeah, like, like that um, comment sort of says, it, it's bloody hard. And when you've got a, a job, you've got a family, you've got yeah. kids, you know you're not in that place where you can kind of just get home from work and say okay i'm going for an hour's gym session by myself now see you later um so it's really tricky and and i guess the something that keeps me motivated with it is i guess schedule scheduling it and recognizing that for me it it is as much a priority as workers for example And, and that that balance doesn't always work out um Mm. but you know i think we we spend a lot of time in our day scheduling all those other things for work and for this and for that and the things that we let slide often when things are busy are are other things for ourselves like you know a, a walk or 
sleep, you know, prioritizing sleep or, or our diet, you know, some of those health basics are some of the first things slip when we're really busy. Just Um, to make, after all the reading I do around this and things I come across and people speaking to people like yourself, the basics are just like the pillars, right? The fundamental things that I know if I look back the week before and go, God, I was in a bad mood that one. Yeah, worse than a bad mood, but you know, I all the things I didn't do that week, like literally didn't mm. eat properly. Like, that's one mm. thing for me. Like I won't eat properly, so but I literally just won't eat that much. So yeah, I've got zero energy, or yeah. I missed that morning walk, or I missed doing something, or I don't drink enough water, or I don't reach out to a mate. Like the real basic stuff, the pillars where yeah. you should be starting right. Instead of a lot of people will jump to like the big thing and think that they have to do something. Yes. you know, extravagant to get to 100%, that point. Hundred percent, yeah. And I think that was that was what my, and I mean, even starting there, even starting small, I get can be really, really hard for, for a lot of people, especially Definitely. when your your day is just chock a block with work mm-hmm. and family and all these other competing things. But but I think that's the key that you've kind of hit the nail on the head there it, it's not about taking in the sense of pressure of oh my god well now you know now i've got this doctor telling me that i have to be flipping finding an hour in my day to go for a massive walk or i have to be going to the gym and bench pressing it, it's not about that it it is i think you know if if you can sort of nut out in yourself that this is something that i want to do and mm-hmm. and i want to schedule it in as part of my week, even if to start with that's three times a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you can say, okay, well, realistically right now, I've maybe only got 15 minutes mm-hmm. um, in the evening, um, or maybe I've got half an hour during my lunch break at work. And again, you don't have to be running a marathon around the park. Yeah. Um, I do like a, a 15 minute thing at lunch or a 20 minute, and mm. a guy called Sean Beek, who's a, uh-huh. He's very funny on YouTube. Just type Sean Vegan, V-I-G-U-R-E-U-D. Yeah. He's basically used to be a yoga trainer to like stars and stuff. And uh-huh. like funniest guy ever. Like he makes you laugh the whole way through, which is probably not a great thing when you try to breathe properly constantly. <laughs> he does it out. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> hilarious. And my wife can't stop laughing. He does it out on a balcony in Colorado, like this beautiful background. And um, yeah. 15 minutes and he's got it down pat. Like every couple wow. of days he posts a new just slightly variation of what he does. Yep. And for me, that feels so much because 15, yes. 20 minutes, I'm anxious that, oh, can't take the hour lunch break because someone's mm. going to be bringing me in this next mm. day. So that's the way I've tried to get it down. And if I do that yep. two, three times a week, that's a good start. Like it's, yep. you know, it's yep. really And like you say, even if it was 15 minutes to just go and walk outside around the office or around the block for 10 or 15 minutes, that's better than not doing it. And if if all we have time for is 10 or 15 minutes to walk three or four times a week, you know, that, that alone can have some mental health benefits and we're going to be in a better place than if we didn't take the 10 minutes. So, um, you know, I think it's really important that we point out to people that you don't have to be taking on a sense of pressure or guilt if if there's not an hour in your day to be doing full-on intense exercise. Compared to no exercise or physical activity, even 10 to 15 minutes 
three times a week is going to be better than not at all. So it's it's kind of acknowledging how important it is and then just seeing where where and how we can fit that in realistically and um, and knowing that that can still drive some some benefits. So no, I love it. It's a great takeaway. And it's something I've been trying to do, but it's something that yeah. would be a bit more religious now, that's for sure. Um, one of our uh, barbecue hosts, Jimmy, uh, the guy's actually doing the uh, feed our medics, he had a mm. couple of questions and you didn't comment in time but he's just sent them to me now um, yeah. i'll read it I'll read one of them for you he said what were the i guess three things um three but you can name as many or little as you like that you would recommend to be aware of or monitor to ensure that you're kind of on you're okay or you're on par or, or not be it yeah you know, he gave an example mm. something like waking in the middle of the night or something what, what, yeah. what are the couple you'd say like to keep an eye on in terms of how your mental health is doing yes. yeah. yeah and i love that um you know because because that's a tricky thing isn't it like um when it comes to our physical health obviously not always the case but when it comes to our physical health it's, it's often easier to know that something's not right you know yes. like we have a we have a physical pain somewhere or we can see that bloody rash or lump or whatever it is it's not the same with mental health um so that's like a brilliant question because it's kind of like well how do we know how we're doing what's the barometer um and I sound probably like a bit of a broken record, but I think, again, it is bringing it back to those basics for me. Yeah. And and obviously the area that I'm really passionate about in mental health is that crossover between physical health and mental health. So I think some of those basic physical things can actually be a really good indicator of, of how things are going mentally. Um, and obviously you, you brought up an example of sleep um, and that is kind of one of the keys. Um, and yes. that's something that I talk to people a lot about using as a bit of a barometer for how we're doing mentally. Um, you know, I think if our sleep is changing or we're not able to sleep as much as we used to, our sleep becomes very broken. I mean, those can be signs that that something with our mood or our anxiety levels is is kind of becoming a little a little unsettled. So I talk to people about sleep being a really good way that we can protect and boost our mental health if we prioritize our sleep but it can also be a good barometer to kind of look back across a week and think well how am I sleeping and, and maybe is that an indicator of what's happening for me mentally um, diet can be another one and I mean you mentioned Terry that that you notice if you know it's been a stressful week or, or um, a bit of a, a tough week that that your appetite and diet sort of can be one of the first things to go off um, and that's something that's really common for people and and I think something that people are probably experiencing a bit of right now um, I think particularly when it comes to anxiety and worry I mean obviously our body kind of goes into that fight or flight mode doesn't it um, at a baseline level so one of the things that can be kind of switched off or changed quite quickly is our appetite and our eating so you know if you if you're usually a, a, a pretty good eater and a regular eater and you have a healthy appetite but you notice that you, your food intake or your appetite's dropping off you, you're not eating regularly um, that can be a good way to keep check of, of um, how we're doing mentally as well um, and I think maybe the third one would be to you know, to stay open and connected to the people around us as well. Um, you know, I think one of the keys with mental health and, and obviously one of the things that 
or the thing that you guys are all about and you push especially here is is about connection with others so it can be really really hard even with our closest ones and our you know our girlfriends wives you know children best friends whoever it is um if they're saying oh i'm a bit worried about you or are you all right that can be hard like that can be <laughs> any combination of frustrating irritating confronting I get, I get a lot. yeah um <laughs> but i think <laughs> the sign of a good wife no it's coming or yeah yeah, and, and that can be hard, but, you know, um, I think opening ourselves to also using those people that are our, our weather boards and, you know, using the people in our lives who do know us the best, you know, if they're noticing changes or they're concerned, um, then opening into that and, and recognizing that that's actually a sign of, of a real you know, more often than not, a, a really strong connection and someone that really cares for us rather than something that needs to be threatening. Um, so taking that on board as a bit of a barometer as well to how we're doing, I think, is, is really I helpful. Love that. Just, as you're saying, I'm thinking of people like mates or not mm. even all people I met through Mr. Perfect that, um, you know, when I'm struggling, like the last thing I feel energy to do is to go, okay, how's 100 other people and like have that, mm. you know, the risk of someone saying actually i'm not okay and what can you do i can yeah i, I, I bounce through that guilt of like not being able to help everyone as much as i can but then yes. go yeah shit i'm not helping myself right now and i'm crap like how i'm yeah. going to be useless to like everyone else so i try and do it when i'm on that not high but i have the energy mm. of feeling a good content space and do the right things that's normally when i'll reach out to people so it's yep. a great point i've just thought of a couple of people that i would go even people are not particularly close to, but I just noticed slight changes or they haven't yeah. contacted us through the Mr. Perfect page or I haven't yeah. seen them chat quite recently. Mm-hmm. It's a brilliant one. I love that. It's excellent. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, the other, I guess, to sort of wrap up, um, mm-hmm. I know you've got a thousand and one things to do <laughs> probably before yeah. you go. Well, I don't know. So, <laughs> um, I'm good for at least another 10 or 15 yeah. minutes. Well, so the, please, um, well, there was a couple more things I was going to ask yeah. you. So, I guess the, um, had a couple of, addressed a couple of the questions from guys there but what advice um one would you give the guys out there when engaging with a doctor as yourself mm. but also i guess your final thoughts on um again it might be a top three or it might be yep. like you just mentioned there on connecting generally or you know the the things they should be doing as their basics i guess to connect to others yeah um, and I guess when it comes to the to the doctor thing or the the reaching out for professional help, that's uh, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because that's you know that's obviously the kind of key thing that I'm pretty passionate about with this kind of stuff is advocating for that, especially especially for men um, to be doing that if they're in a space where they need to. Um, and I guess in terms of that connection, there it's it's really. You know, I, I don't want to say this and make it sound like too much of a cliche because we yeah. do hear it all the time. You know, that, that that whole it's okay to reach out for help mm-hmm. and, um, you know, and mental health struggles aren't weakness and, and all that type of thing. But, you know, I think that, that particularly for men, that's something that we're still grappling with um, a little bit. And so I think it is 
it is kind of taking on board that that reaching out for help and whether it's just mentioning it to your GP or it's um it's it's agreeing to you know finally kind of put that psychology referral through with your doctor um what whatever it is I think it's kind of opening ourselves into the fact that that this is this is just as valid and real as important as the physical side of things you know and so if we're if we're we're okay to go to the the gp or the doctor to to get that weird tummy thing sorted or to to look at that weird rash that's kind of um you know down there you know we we really need to be kind of putting aside that little thing in our in our mind that says it's somehow not the same to to be kind of opening up to a health professional about those other things so i think my main kind of piece of advice there would just be um you know don't be afraid to start the conversation and um you know don't take on a, a sense of pressure in terms of the oh my gosh i need to know exactly what's going on or exactly what's wrong or what kind of help i need to be able to bring it up with my gp for example because that's not the case you know i, I think um through medical school these days and through doctor's training, regardless of what type of doctor you're seeing, whether it's your GP, it's your surgeon, it's, um, you know, doctors are, are very well trained at picking up things now. And, you know, sometimes it can just be a signal. It can just be enough for someone to say to, to their health professional or their doctor, I'm actually a bit worried that I'm not doing okay. Or I wonder if I've been struggling with anxiety and just kind of let, let them take it from there if, if that's what you're most comfortable with. Um, I think a lot of people feel a sense of pressure to have to kind of have it all sorted out in our head and to be able to explain it and explain exactly what we're feeling and why and, oh, my God, what if they ask me what my childhood was like and <laughs> what my mum was like. And, you're you not know. really happy times, <laughs> yeah, friends and yeah. others if they've gone to a different uh, professional or psychologist, let's say. Mm. And they're so worried about going over again. And I, yes, yeah. you know, that's just the way I sort of pathologize stuff and my psychologist laughed because I went to him. But the second mm. one I went to, gave him literally, I went, like having an online, having the health record, my health mm. record now, whatever, yeah. you know, like it's that sort of the moment. But I was very cognizant if I was going to a new professional. I was like, man, I'm going to have to go to all again. Like, yeah. Yeah. There's no transfer of this immediately to them. So I just wrote down on a Google Doc, like my whole, so here's my whole physical thing. Here's my yeah. whole like, thing. Kind of don't ask me about it, but here it is yeah. to say shit. And he was yeah. laughing. And although he said that, he's quite funny. He thought it was, he'd not seen that. He said, well, not often. He said, actually, mm-hmm. it was a, quite useful for you to download that for me. And he mm-hmm. said, just be, just be sure, like, just be cognizant. We're not actually going to go over like every single one of these things because some of it's just not relevant or not helpful yeah. or not moving you forward. So, yeah. and he just put it back put that way and went, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to move forward. Yeah. And, and it's okay to be entering that conversation and moving forward with kind of mental health support as it fits and works for you. So like you say, some people, they very much would like to, really go in and explore those things from the past and get into the nitty-gritty there that might work for them for for other people they might be a little bit more 
okay, I'd quite like to just focus on what's happening now and maybe strategies and techniques and, and things that are going to help. Um, you know, some people might want to discuss medication. Other people might not want to have a bar of medication at all. Um, you know, so just as all of our mental health is very unique and varied, you know, it's okay to be taking that same approach when it comes to opening up and connecting to your doctor or to a health professional about it too. So I think that's comforting to know actually to what to think about as a point for everyone. Again, we're all at different stages, journeys, yeah. like it's complex. Yeah. Some are ready, some are not, some have had professional yeah. help, some haven't. And yeah. I think the point would be I've said it before about finding a good health professional, or maybe you don't have the choice if you've got into somewhere. Mm. have a little bit of trust that maybe they're going it's not for you to work out all the time where you're at i guess like they if you if you enter that conversation with them then you're mm. pretty sure like my psychologist did he pointed out well actually we don't need to go but you've already made you've come to that point you're just having yeah. trouble getting over this hump yeah like this hump yeah. you just go around and around on it so yeah. we can address some of this but i'm pretty sure this is not the real stuff that's the issue at the moment yeah and he was hundred yeah. Exactly. And if that works for you and that's the place you're in right now as the best way to move forward, then then I think that that's completely fine, obviously. So I think keeping that in mind when all those kind of little voices and anxieties and stuff about about reaching out or opening up the conversation to get help there can be really helpful. Amazing. That's excellent, mate. And um, where can, uh, if you want them to find you, where can Mm. everyone find you online? (laughs) yeah, so I do. Um, so I have a, it's, it's more of just a bit of a landing page at the moment, but I um, do a bit of writing and blog stuff as well. So I have a, a website, which is um, just drkarenkennedy.com. Um, but probably most of the stuff that I throw up now is, is um, probably via Instagram, um, which is just Dr. Karen Kennedy. And I do, you know, some mental health education stuff and um, you know, I do a bit of writing for different places like men's health magazine and things like that. So I kind of throw the links up to my articles and stuff there. And um, yeah, so if people are, aren't completely sick of hearing me ramble on about stuff, <laughs> that's no, where they can check some of that great. out if they want to. So. It's been great. No, I recommend I, I, I follow you and been reading a lot on it and um, yeah, just, the reason I reached out really the way you approach it is very uh, personable and very on the level. I think we talked about it before we came on. Um, yeah. The level of you're just one of us. You just yeah. happen to be done a lot of study into a particular field. That <laughs> Somehow, for my sins, I've put myself through years in the library. Yeah. Um, but no, and I think like that's a really good point to end on because you know obviously just like all of us every every doctor is different every doctor is their own person but i think at the end of the day when it comes to opening up and and maybe reaching out for help or thinking about talking to a a mental health professional about this stuff uh, i mean that's that's something to keep in mind you know that that um you know yes this person might have some kind of thing attached to the start of their name or they they might be sitting behind the desk or in the doctor's chair but but at the end of the day it's it's just two people hopefully connecting and and together coming up with a bit of a plan for for how to make things better and um that doesn't always have to include 
you know, medication in hospitals because just like a lot of the things that we've touched on, it, it can just be hashing out some of those basics with someone as well in terms of exercise, sleep, diet, um, connecting with with sort of your family and loved ones. So, um, yeah, no, we'll def- I can definitely vouch that that we are we are people. <laughs> we are definitely people. So, no, right, thank you yeah. so much for uh, coming thank on. You. I know you're a busy man and again generally i think everyone would say thank you for your the work you're doing right now it's not easy um, i'm sure it's appreciated although maybe not everyone says it it's definitely appreciated by us yeah. so thank your you wisdom so tonight will everyone can watch this back afterwards and i'll send the link around in the group um everyone please stay connected and thank you kieran take care mate thank you so much mate Cheers. You, bye